0: We've been talking about prayer and the prayer life specifically of Jesus for the past few weeks and focusing in specifically on the Lord's Prayer that's found in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11. And last week we focused on the line, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or as the version in Luke 11 put it, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And last week we looked at many other verses that all linked our forgiveness of others against the, the, the things that they sin against us, it links that with God forgiving us the sins that we sin against him. And it may be true that we don't deserve God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. We cannot earn his forgiveness. And that's true. But it seems to also be equally true that we can somehow disqualify ourselves from God's grace and mercy and forgiveness if we fail to show grace And mercy and forgiveness to others. Another passage where Jesus talks about this is in Mark chapter 11. Now, this is a passage where Jesus was teaching on faith and prayer. And if you have great faith, incredible things can happen uh, and, and God will move. So in Mark 11 verse 24 and 25, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, we love that verse. We love that part. But look what he said the very next sentence in verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Once again, it seems pretty clear there's a cause and effect. If I forgive others so that God may forgive me. This week's lesson, we're going to talk about forgiveness, but we're going to talk about giving ourselves the gift of forgiveness. Oftentimes, we talk about forgiving others and how it helps others, and it certainly does. But we're going to focus this week on giving yourself the gift of forgiveness. And so I'm asking, even as we look at these different things, don't look at what others deserve or what others think. Let's look at forgiveness and what it does for us. Now, that line that Jesus just said there in Mark, he says, if you hold anything against anyone. It occurs to me that sometimes we hold something against somebody. We just can't seem to let it go. But that someone, that someone who's the most difficult oftentimes for us to forgive is ourselves. It's hard for us to imagine or to relate to God for forgiving us if we can't even forgive ourselves. I mean after all, I know the real truth about me and God knows the real truth about me. So how can how can God forgive me? I can't even forgive myself. So the first thing we're going to talk about, the first gift of forgiveness is the gift of forgiving yourself. You know, nobody can beat us up better than we can, right? We can beat ourselves up better than anybody. Often It's easier for me to forgive others than it is to forgive myself. I mean, others don't live in my head constantly accusing me. I'm always in my head constantly reading me the same riot act. Now understand what we talked about forgiveness last week. Forgiveness doesn't mean not being angry with yourself. It means not hating yourself. Forgiving yourself does not mean forgetting. Okay? it's, it's, It's about not bringing up the offense in a harmful and negative way to yourself. Forgiving yourself is not simply letting go of what you're holding against yourself. Well, actually, it does mean it's letting go of it so that you can move on with God. Forgiving yourself is not specifically addressed in the Bible. I I look, I tried to find, where does the Bible talk about forgiving yourself? And it doesn't talk about it. Yet there are principles regarding forgiveness that need to be applied here. For example, that passage in, in Jeremiah thirty one thirty four that talks about God remembering our sins no more. And we talked about that last week about God. It's not that He has no mental knowledge of the sins. The all-knowing Father doesn't forget. Rather, He chooses not to bring up our sins in negative ways. He chooses not to hold them over our heads. And it dawns on me, if God moves on, why shouldn't we do the same? I want you to consider something in a passage that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. It's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I thought about this. I, I broke this passage down. I thought, well, what is true? Well, what is true is, is that God loves you. And he promised you forgiveness through faith in Jesus. What is noble? I'll tell you what's noble. God's character, God's promises, and God's word, which is unimpeachable. What is right? God is right. What he says is right. What he wants is right. What he does is right. Every time, all the time. And if God wants to love you, he's right. If God wants to forgive you, he's right. What is pure? God's love for you is pure. What is lovely? How he feels about you. What is admirable? How he has done so much for you. What is excellent and praiseworthy? How God has sacrificed his one and only son for you yes for you paul says think about these things it occurs to me that many times we speak we spend so much time thinking about our faults thinking about our weaknesses our regrets our our shortcomings none of which are noble or right or pure or lovely or admirable none of those things we need a new inner dialogue We call all all these things up as character witnesses, and many times we are horrible character witnesses of ourselves. And we deny how God feels about us by talking to ourselves in these negative ways. And on some level, it seems right. But as Proverbs 16.25 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in its end, it is the way of death. So, there are sometimes it, it, it seems, well, you know, resentment and anger and lack of forgiving myself, it seems right. We wrap ourselves in these negative feelings. Sometimes we do it just to insulate ourselves from a failure of re- reaching expectations. You know, I can say, hey, don't expect too much from me, I, I'm broken. But we never realize that by doing so, we're killing ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. The energy that it takes to harbor anger and hatred and resentment towards ourselves is exhausting. Every bit of energy we give to negative feelings, everything that we give to dwelling on our regrets robs us of the energy that we need to become the person God wants us to be. And it robs God of the glory of making us into the men and women he longs for us to be and knows we can be. It's a well-known fact. Hurting people hurt people. The longer you avoid forgiving yourself, the longer we allow ourselves to harbor the feelings that we deserve to suffer for what we've done, the more explosive we become and the more apt we are to actually act out and hurt others. Now I know it's hard. We've all got things in our lives. I know there's that one thing, that one thing in my life that I wish I could take back. That one thing, if I could only, I know exactly what it is. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to go through a list. or what. There is that, if I could just redo, if I could take it back, my biggest, greatest regret And most all of us have that. That one thing that haunts me. But through the years, I've learned to forgive myself. No, yeah, I'm still angry with myself. Angry with ever going there in the first place. But I've tried to use that anger to motivate me to not only not go there again, I don't even want to get close to going there again. Forgiving myself It doesn't make it all right. It doesn't make it okay. But what it does is it's given me the opportunity to learn about myself and to grow as a person, to know that there's nothing, nothing I am not capable of doing. If I get far enough away from God, I can and will do anything. I've proven that to myself. It humbles me, but it teaches me to be patient with everybody else because I am no better by far than anyone. It has allowed me to, forgiving myself has allowed me to use this horrible experience though now to turn it and use it to help and heal others and to give God the glory that he can take a life, he can take a family, he can take a marriage that had been ravaged by sin and make something not only useful, but beautiful out of it. I want to encourage you this morning, give yourself the gift of forgiveness The reality is you can't change the past. All you can do is forgive yourself and let God use that to grow and to help others and to serve and use something horrible in your past to make something beautiful in your future. Forgive yourself. And let the healing begin. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not just flip a switch. Okay, I forgive myself. It's going to be hard for some of us to do this. And it's going to take time. I want to encourage you. Make a decision to go after it. Talk to your friends. Talk to your closest brothers and sisters. Get the help and encouragement. They can point you to books. They can point you to scriptures. They can pray with you. They can pray for you. You can do this. Forgive yourself. And let the healing begin. The second gift of forgiveness is the gift you give yourself when you forgive others. See, while it's forgiving others, and that is true, the gift and the benefits you receive are actually for yourself. And again, as I talk about this, it's so easy for us to slip into thinking about, what well, do others deserve forgiveness? Do they deserve my mercy? And and the answer may very well be no, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about forgiving them for our benefit. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus, the scene here is Jesus is on the cross, and it's incredible that he, he says many things while on the cross. He talks to the people that are being crucified with him. He talks to his mother. He talks to his friend, John, But when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he talks to God, what does he say to God? One of the things he says here is, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And I've often wondered, why did Jesus ask God to forgive them? He had already proven he had the authority on earth to forgive sins. It's it's in... Uh, Three of the four Gospels, he, he heals this paralyzed man as physical proof. I have incredible authority, more authority than anybody. It's undeniable. I'm proving it by healing this man who's been paralyzed. And in Matthew 9, 6, he says, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Why did Jesus ask God to forgive them? They weren't repentant. They didn't feel like they needed forgiveness. They didn't want forgiveness. I would imagine that they would have been pretty insulted if they knew that Jesus, this man on the cross, even felt like they needed forgiveness. I think Jesus was doing this for Jesus' benefit. See, Jesus knew to be righteous To be holy, he needed to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. He knew that he needed to be kind and compassionate to one another, and he knew Paul, when he later wrote this in Ephesians chapter 4, that he was going to add, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Jesus knew the spiritual, emotional, and physical benefits of forgiveness. He knew that he needed to forgive, and we should too. Now, the spiritual benefits we've covered, we've talked about that, about being forgiving and merciful directly affects how God is forgiving and merciful towards us. But there are actually negative physical and emotional consequences associated with unforgiveness consider this hostility is central to unforgiveness this is not even right now for just a second i just want you to think for a moment this is not even a you know a spiritual thing or what god calls us to this is just As human beings, of which Jesus was, this comes from a Kaiser Health Foundation study who talked about, consider that hostility is central to forgiveness. And not forgiving someone often leads to hostility towards that person and that your anger and bitterness begin to seep into other parts of your life. It releases the stress hormone, cortisol, which elevates uh, your blood pressure. It elevates cholesterol. It affects your immune system in many ways. It wreaks havoc with your body. It has physical uh, ramifications. It has deep psychological ramifications to not forgive. It holds us into the mode of continually feeling like a victim and what prevents us from moving past a trauma, and that leads to just perpetual anxiety and depression. We know Jesus didn't sin. 2 Corinthians 5, Hebrews 4 all talks about Jesus was without sin. And yet Jesus teaches us by what he said there in Luke 23 34 on the cross, on that prayer Father, forgive them. He taught us it's okay to hurt, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to struggle with forgiveness. That's called temptation. But he also taught us by that quick prayer to God that it is possible even in the direst of circumstances to forgive. There's no bitterness, there's no benefit rather to holding on to anger, bitterness, and resentment. Asking God to forgive them was freeing. For Jesus. Did God forgive them? I don't know. I imagine it would probably have something to do with their own repentance in their hearts but perhaps God out of his incredible love and respect for Jesus he might have said you know what Jesus for your sake I will. I don't know but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Jesus had to let it go and therefore he was the perfect sacrifice for us letting go of sin letting go and forgiving puts us in a place puts us in a an opportunity to be able to now pursue righteousness pursue reconciliation maybe even to deal with consequences not fueled by anger, not fueled by revenge, not fueled by, I need to get even or even the score. Now I can pursue it with righteousness. Forgiveness lets me let go of all that need for revenge, need of vindication, need of getting even, and lets me pursue righteousness. We may still have to deal with the sin. We may still have to deal with the consequences of the sin, the ramifications of the sin, but we can do it in a righteous way. That's what Jesus was trying to teach us. And I want us to focus this week on first giving yourself the gift of forgiving yourself. If you need to forgive yourself, do it. Let the healing that God has for your life begin and let God bless your life By forgiving others. Give yourself the gift of forgiving others. Holding on to bitterness, holding on to anger, holding on to resentment is bad for you. It will kill your quality of life. It keeps the past in the present. And it turns pain into suffering. And it keeps it going. But that simple prayer that Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them speaks volumes to you and me today, and I pray that we can all hear it clearly.